Hello and welcome back to English from the North, the podcast for learners of English with an intermediate to advanced level who want to enjoy their English with a little bit of a Scottish twist. My name is Lewis and in today's episode we're going to be having a look at accents. We're going to have a look at this idea of a standard accent and also have a look at this idea of a sort of a typical accent because I need to tell you the truth about my accent and the truth is that my accent, it's not a typical Scottish accent or is it? This is kind of the first thing that we're going to have a look at now because when it comes to Dundee, I've said a lot that, you know, I live in Dundee, the city of Dundee in Scotland. Do I have a typical Dundee accent? No, unfortunately not. I don't have a typical Dundee accent. I don't have, I don't speak like a sort of your average person on the street in Dundee speaks. What does the typical Dundee accent sound like then? Well, the thing with the typical Dundee accent is it uses a lot more Scots words. It uses a lot more Scots expressions and things like that. So to give you an example, and this is, even for me, this feels a bit ridiculous because it's kind of not, it's not really who I am, but sort of your typical Dundee accent sounds more like this. You can what I mean. It's more like that with these Scots words and all these kind of things. And I'll try and put a wee transcript there in, in the transcription because I know the, the AI that makes the transcripts is, is going to struggle with it. If it doesn't struggle with it, then that's definitely a sign that the AIs are going to, you know, rise up and kill us all one day. But anyway, that's another, another thing aside. We'll see. We'll see just how good the, the AI actually is. So that's what a typical Dundee accent sounds like. And as you can tell from my accent, it, it doesn't sound like that. That's not how it sounds for me. And I even feel a bit sort of not uncomfortable, but it's not you know, it's not who I am. I can turn it on. I can I can speak like somebody from Dundee, but it, for me, it feels a bit ridiculous because I don't I don't sort of speak like that. And why I don't speak like that is something that we'll we'll get into a bit later on. I said it's not a, t a typical accent for Dundee for my city. However, is it typical for my neighbourhood, my sort of town village where I live? Yes, it is. Because to help you to understand where I live, although I live technically in the city of Dundee. I live in a neighbourhood called Brotty Ferry, which historically was like a separate little town. It was like a little fishing town that was kind of separate from Dundee. And then over the years, as Dundee's grown, it's kind of become part of the city. And now, now it, is, it is part of the city. And there are lots of people, including people, well, lots of people in Dundee that say, well, Brotty Ferry, that's not Dundee. It's different. It's separate. It's the, the posh area. They say it's the posh area. In fact, I think a few years ago, five or 10 years ago, it was voted one of the nicest places to live in the UK. So so there you go. Um, but I don't I don't want you to think it was too posh. I don't want you to think oh, actually I don't want you to think it's posh because it's it, it okay. There are there are there are some posh bits, but to give you an example, I went to a high school in Brote Ferry and when I was twelve or eleven there was a boy in my year who was suspended and banned from certain departments in the school for throwing chairs at the teachers. And yeah you heard that right. He would lit he literally picked up chairs in the classes and threw them at the teachers. So I think he was banned from modern languages, chemistry things like that. And that was the best high school in Dundee. So you can imagine, you can imagine what the, what the rest are like, but don't, don't go or thinking that Brody Ferry is like sort of Kensington and Chelsea in London, because it is, it is not, it's, it's, you know, it's not that posh, although it is, it is a bit nicer than, than some sort of other areas in Scotland. So is my accent typical for sort of Brody Ferry, that kind of area? Yes. Is it typical for Scotland in general? Well, that's when the concept of a typical accent gets a bit difficult to define because when you talk about a country you know when you when you get above a certain size it becomes difficult to define if we look at scotland what is a typical scottish accent 
I mean, for example, people in Glasgow have a very distinct accent. The Glaswegian accent's very distinct. And again, I'm going to try and imitate one, but the typical Glasgow accent can sound a bit more like that. It's a bit more almost nasally sometimes when certain people talk with a Glasgow accent like that. That's not how they all sound. However, I hope the impression that you get is that, or I hope what you hear is that it, it does sound quite distinctive. It does sound quite different. And it does sound quite different from at least the, the, the Dundee accent I, I tried to, to put on there. Is the Glasgow accent a typical Scottish accent? Well, how many people live in Glasgow? A million people? That's like 20% of Scot Scotland's population. Glasgow is the biggest city after all. However, that's not the majority of people in Scotland. It's not even close. So do they have a typical Scottish accent? Well, not really. Because like I've said, the Glasgow accent, it's very distinctive. It's very, it's very much its own thing, we would say. So we can't really think of it as being sort of representative of Scotland as a whole. And it's the same with, with other accents in, in, in Scotland, you know. The Edinburgh accent is kind of more similar to mine, and again, it's the capital. But again, there's fewer people live in Edinburgh than live in Glasgow. So for the same idea, you can't claim that an Edinburgh accent is typical of, of Scotland as a whole. And that's the problem with typical accents, is that, well, this idea of typical accents, I should say, is that, you know, how, how do you define them once you get above a certain size? For a town, for a city, it's a bit easier. You will get some variation, like I've, I've shown you with, with my own accent. But for talking about countries, it can be quite, quite difficult to, to define. So you see that the idea of a, a typical accent is something that is quite difficult to kind of try and understand and things like that. And so when people talk about this idea of a, a standard accent, this is quite, this is something that comes up quite often in language learning and it kind of makes me want to tear my hair out, you know. I want to learn English with a standard accent. I want to learn Spanish with a standard accent. I want to learn French with a, a standard accent. Well, what is a standard accent? That's the problem. How do you define what's a, a standard accent? Because like I've said, you know, looking at sort of typical accents, what's a typical Scottish accent? Well, there are multiple. So what's a, a, the standard Scottish accent? There isn't one, unfortunately. You know, there isn't one that you could easily pick. And it's the same for English from, from England. You know, there are goodness knows how many accents in English you've got. You know, the Newcastle accent sounds very different to the Liverpool accent, sounds very different to the London accent, even within London. Saying the London accent, there are about five. You know, there are so many different accents, so choosing the quote-unquote standard accent is, is, is impossible. And the other thing about this whole concept of a standard accent that I think people really need to be careful with, that maybe you're not aware of, is that at least when it comes to English, well, I say English and English isn't English in the UK. Standard accents have a lot of problems related to classism. If you don't know what classism is, you know like racism. Racism is discrimination against people based on their skin colour or where they're from, that kind of stuff. Classism is discrimination against people based on their, we'd say their social class. We can use that word class to talk about a you know group of people in a school. We can also use the word class to talk about people's groups socially. And in the UK there are sort of three main social classes. It's, you know, you've got your working class, you've got your middle class, and you've got your upper class. And at least historically, now it's a little bit harder, it's getting harder and harder to define what makes these classes, what, what you know, puts people in these classes. But at least historically, it was done based on your job, what kind of job you had. So a working class job would be a more sort of, we'd say, manual labour job, a hands-on job, working in a mine, working on a farm, working, you know, essentially with your hands, doing like, would say, low-skilled labour, you know, working in a supermarket, that kind of thing. A middle class job would be a job that you typically need to go to university for, so to be a teacher, to be a doctor, to be a lawyer, 
something like that, to be a manager, those kinds of things. And then an upper class job would be, well, upper class people don't really have jobs. Upper class people have money <laughs> in the UK. So, you know, it, it'd be like the owners of the factory, the owner of a, a company, the king, the nobles, all this kind of stuff, you know. The, the higher up you go in classes, the, the less work you have to do, basically. The issue is, is that this concept of sort of standard accents and speaking properly comes from this sort of class system. Because if you think about it, who makes the rules in society? Well, it's the people at the top. Who are the people at the top? The rich people, the people who have power, the people who have money and all this kind of stuff. So they make the rules. They speak in a certain way. Because in the UK, when you hear someone's accent, you can already make certain, like, well, people make certain presumptions about and other individuals when they hear their accent. This is why classism is still a bit of a problem in the UK. Fortunately, it's getting better, but there are people that as soon as they hear someone's accent, they've already made decisions about how much money this person earns, what kind of area this person comes from, how intelligent they are, believe it or not, what kind of things they do in their spare time, what newspaper they read. It's, it's nuts. It's nuts, really. And really, it's terrible. Like I say, fortunately, it is getting better, but historically, it has been a big problem. So you have all these people who make these rules, who have all these presumptions about accents and things like that. The problem with accents in the UK is that, well, you can imagine, if you come from a working class background and you want to get a better job, you want to improve, you know, maybe your family had a sort of really hard jobs, but they've managed to raise enough money that you can go to university and you can study and you can get a better job and you, you can move on to sort of a more middle class job, for example. Well, issues that people like that have had historically is that they go into the interview and they start speaking and before they've even said more than a few words, the people who are doing the interviewing, the managers, the bosses, who are of a sort of higher social class, we would say, they've already decided that this person isn't getting the job because they don't like their accent. They've heard their accent, they've made these presumptions, and they've already decided it doesn't matter how good this person is, they're, they're not getting the job. And like I say, fortunately, this is getting better. But I know, for example, that even now, there are certain jobs in certain sectors where someone like me, with my accent, has a better chance of getting the job than someone with, say, a, a typical Dundee accent. And that's terrible. Again, like I say, you know, fortunately, it is getting better, but it, it does still exist, and it, it is still a problem. So, this is where this whole issue with standard accents comes from, is that it's these kinds of people at the top that make the rules. They decide, you know, well, this is the standard accent. And it's almost like saying, this is the standard accent, therefore, this is the correct way of speaking. This is the right way of speaking. There is a right way to speak English, and there is a wrong way to speak English. And that's false. I mean, it's not true. It's simply, it's simply not true. There is no such thing as, as a right way to speak a language or a wrong way to speak a language. I mean, obviously with, you know, grammar and vocab and using words in the right way, but you know what I mean. When it comes to accents, there is no such thing as, as a right accent or a wrong accent. And this is why this concept of a standard accent can cause problems because it's it's rooted in a, l a lot of these, these kinds of issues. You see it in other languages, in Spanish, for example, you know, historically the Andalusian accent, which is quite 
quite distinctive, another good example of a, a very distinctive accent. It's very, very different from the accent from Madrid. Famously, people from Madrid say that they don't have an accent, which is always quite funny because, yes, they do. But it's this kind of thing. Andalusian people faced discrimination in the past. For example, in Spanish movies, the character who was lazy or stupid or silly or, you know, was the joke of the film, basically, was the one that spoke with an Andalusian accent. So you see that this kind of thing exists in other languages as well. And again, you know, I've said it a bunch of times already. Fortunately, it is getting better, but there is still a ways to go. So how does this relate to your own learning to the accent that you should choose. Well, you can probably guess what I'm about to say. Seeing as I've already said there is no such thing as a right accent or a wrong accent, then for you, choose the accent that you like. If you're learning English, you want to learn English with an American accent, go for it. You want to learn English with uh, one of the many English accents, go for it. You want to learn English with a Scottish accent, go for it. It'll take a bit more work maybe than other accents, but you know, absolutely. If you want to do it, go for it. I would say don't force it let it happen naturally. You can obviously work on it and we're going to have a look at some techniques and things you could use maybe in, in the next episode or in, in another episode looking at accents and, and things like that. But there is no right answer. There is no wrong answer. To give you a sort of personal example, my accent in Spanish is a mixture. It started off as being from Spain, sort of the Spain-Spanish accent, like I would say from kind of like Madrid, that kind of sort of central Spain kind of area. No real distinctive features, not like an Andalusian accent or anything like that. Because I was moving to Madrid and I was moving to Spain, so I thought, well, you know, I, I should learn to speak sort of Spain-Spanish. And I did that for sort of about two years or so. And then I last year really start, started listening to a lot of Argentinian music and things like that because I'd done like I say comprehensible input with Dreaming Spanish and I'd listened to an Argentinian accent for the first time and I was like wow this sounds great and I can't really explain why but for some reason sort of the Argentinian accent from like Buenos Aires this Rio Platense accent they would say I find it very relaxing I don't know what it is I think it's to do with, with the, the certain sounds the, the musicality the intonation there's a lot of intonation that I think people say comes from the fact that there was a lot of Italian immigrants to Argentina over the years and the way of sort of speaking Italian kind of has given the Spanish there this sort of intonation and musicality and things like that so it's it's absolutely fantastic to listen to so i got more and more into it i started listening to more argentinian music and things like that and then i was away in the rugby world cup in in france in september of 2023 met a bunch of argentinians because one of the games i was going to see was samoa versus argentina was hanging out with them and i was like you know already really like, loving it really really great people and i decided to start taking lessons with someone from argentina so when i came back i started taking lessons with luna who has her own podcast it's espanol desde el sur if you want to hear a podcast with a fantastic example of a Rio Platense accent, her podcast is definitely worth a listen. If you're if you're learning Spanish, it's, it's you know, like I say, fantastic example of that accent. And so the effect that that had with the music, with all these videos, with everything like this, is that my accent in Spanish now has a lot of features of Spain Spanish and also has a lot of features of Argentinian Spanish. For me, that's great. You know, it's I think it's great because it kind of tells its own story. It's a bit unusual because it's what's well, not standard. It's sort of it's mixing these. You know, it's not a standard accent because it's mixing these features together. It's mixing different elements from different accents together. But it, it's sort of a reflective of how my journey with Spanish has been, and that's kind of you know the product of it all. And and I think it's like you say, it's it's something that's very unique. It's something that's kind of for me is my own my own thing so i guess the point there is that it doesn't really make a difference what accent you learn with 
just you know learn what you think sounds good if you think a certain accent sounds good and you want to have an accent like that go for it you know practice with it adopt these kind of features try and sort of mimic them and, and things like that and if the other thing as well is if you're not that fussed about having an accent if you don't want to work 100% on having you know a perfect accent that's something that comes up quite a lot with learners of other languages is I want to learn to speak this language with a perfect accent so that people can't tell that I'm not a native speaker that's fine you know if you want to do that that's great if you don't want to do that and you just want to you know be understood then that's fine as well I'm kind of more in the latter camp. I don't want a perfect native accent, but I'm happy to just have my accent changes, you know, as it as it goes. I try and follow the sort of the pronunciation rules, making things that are pronounced properly, and let my kind of accent develop naturally. And as it has, it's developed this sort of weird Spanish Spanish Argentinian mix, which is, you know, like I say, it's I'm I love it. I think it's fantastic. So in summary, you know, don't worry too much about which accent to take. Take the accent that you think sounds good. And if you know you don't you're not fussed about accents, that's fine as well. Okay, there's no there's no right or wrong answer when it comes to accents. So I hope you enjoyed the episode for today. I hope that you got a nice little insight there into sort of the difference in accents and the little bit of backstory about my my own accent. The link to the transcript is in the description. And before we go, just want to say as well, I am now on Kofi. If you like what you hear on the podcast and you want to support it, you want to help me to keep doing what I do, then feel free to toss me some spare change, you know, just send any spare change my way. The link to that in the description as well. So I think that about wraps it up for today. I hope you all have a wonderful day and I will see you in the next episode. Bye bye.